Are you struggling to lose weight and keep it off? Tired of wasting time and money on starvation diets that lead to more frustration and stress? If there was a weight loss solution that could actually work for you, would you try it? Then head to golo.com. I'm Steve. I lost 138 pounds in nine months on Golo. I'm Amber. I've lost 128 pounds with Golo. If you're ready to take back control of your life, head to golo.com now and see how Golo can work for you. That's golo.com. My sleep is way better. My inflammation has gone way down. Golo saved my life. I was way overweight. That's what sent me down the path. I wanted to make sure and live for my kid. I have literally tried everything. I was on the verge of getting gastric bypass surgery, and I saw the Golo commercial, and it was the last thing I tried because it worked. Join over 2 million people who found a better way to lose weight with Golo. Your healthier and happier life begins at Golo.com. That's G-O-L-O.com. Again, G-O-L-O.com. Ooh, I got to tell you, getting ready for the Monster Fest is always fun to do, but being in the Monster Fest is a whirlwind of things all in its own right. But don't you worry about it, I was fashionably early anyway. Welcome to the J-Man Show here on K360 Radio. Monster Fest. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? What is happening? Welcome to the J-Man Show for episode 310. I'm your host, J-Man, of course, and yes, it is indeed Monster Fest. 2023, we made it, y'all. Uh, we are wrapping up uh, September here, and like, I mean, the spooky month came pretty quick, as I called it, you know. I kind of had a feeling that we were going to just breeze through things. I mean, soon enough... It'll be turkey time, and after turkey time, you know, we'll go ahead and say goodbye to 2023 and get ready to go through the whole process again. But, you know, it is what it is. I'm so happy for this time because, like, get to go ahead and unleash our spooky best, and your man is turning 37 in about four weeks or so, so, you know, it all kind of works out. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And while I'm sitting here talking to you guys, I'm also taking the time to uh, work on some J360 TV stuff. So that's why I was a little late tonight. And not to mention, everything is looking really spectacular for that. So you got to stay tuned, man. Like I said, big things are happening. And not to mention, the movie selection this year is top notch. Started off like with a bang. There were no ones and twos in sights. Lots of threes, fours, and fives. And as you know, or if it, as you do know, that's how the rating system usually works around here. It's the bloody knuckles rating system. And like for every movie and experience for Halloween, I'll usually rate it five the highest. One's the lowest. And the truth is, is that like a lot of these movies are just hitting really good. And by the way, a lot of people misinterpreted what I said about like, um, 
You know, it's not just old movies. It's a mixed bag of from old to modern. So anything that comes out in the theaters, too, if it's really good and has uh, my attention or you guys say something about it and highly recommend it, I'm going to give it a good look-see. You see what I'm saying? So all that stuff revolves in. It's just that, you know, we're not going over to, like, the, the same old, same olds almost. Before you say, what about Dracula and Frankenstein? Well, here's the thing. Different interpretations, you know? So as per usual, you know, like, Frankenstein's going to build the monster. And then when he builds the monster, check technically the monster could rebel or you know frankenstein could give him up it could be one of the two but we'll talk more about like the conventions the acting the aesthetics and all you know what i mean we'll have something fun to talk about and in doing so you know like some people did not really care for the one that came out after bram stoker's dracula i thought that the mary shelley frankenstein movie was underrated so we're definitely going to be looking into that one too and not to mention there isn't a special day dedicated to godzilla because godzilla is going to be all throughout the fest baby <laughs> of different times you're going to have showa era heishi era millennium era and then of course you know you have current era now as for legendary i already covered the legendary era stuff so sorry ryan anderson which, by the way, I'm going to get revenge on his behind because he was over there saying this. I like my Godzilla America. I was like, if you ever say some bastardized stuff like that to a real fan, I know something. You jerk. <laughs> ah, Anderson's a host of another podcast out there. And I'm not trying to name drop people so he can wait, punk. See what I mean? But all in all, though, like I deal with a lot of other podcasters in addition to like my own work, so... Time after time, you know, they all come in and say a few things. So I just want to say some good stuff. Shout-outs to all of you, by the way. Hopefully your um, Halloween celebrations go well, too, as mine is. And in addition to, like, um, some of y'all, we could go ahead and work on something because I did a little revival of sorts, but I'm not going to tell you in this episode. You guys are going to wait and see, okay? And speaking of Monster Fest, I don't necessarily have to do it just on my own keel this time. I have figured out another way for the community to get involved. So you all have to wait for that announcement and stay tuned. Yes, 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 I know. Things are cryptic and things are pretty silent right now. But, you know, like I said, I want you guys to be prepared for this. And I want everything to be ready and fire off. But you are going to see it by the time we get to from here to November 7th. So I want to let you all know that. Uh, speaking of Jams episodes, by the way. Speaking of Jams. Jam 77 is happening tomorrow, and it is a vault episode. Because I, well, when I was going ahead constructing what I needed, we were running a little low on time, and I don't want you guys to make or break anything. And I was listening to one of my playlists that I had going on, and it was so good, and I was like, oh my god. I pretty much created the episode as I sat there with it. So I was like, yes. So this particular playlist is taking this next step to become 77. Don't worry, though. Here's the thing. Just because the deadline is there, the deadline is usually for that episode in question. You guys can submit tracks anytime you want to. But make sure it's two songs and your link that best represents you. Okay? You can submit tracks anytime you want to. It's just that, like, if you're aiming for, let's say, like, if you're aiming for 77 now and it's past 5 p.m., Oh, yeah, it definitely is. If I'm doing the J-Man show right now, it is definitely past 5 p.m. Eastern. You will not be on 77. But if you submit now, you will be on 78. You would probably be the earliest on 78. See what I'm saying? So, like I say, when there's a week when Jams is not in session, that is a good time for you to submit tracks. And, like, if you want to wait till Thursday um, before a Jams premiere, like, say, 
78 is going to premiere on Friday the 13th. So you got, if you're going to submit things by like October 12th, which is a Thursday, 5 p.m., you know, you're risking that deadline every time. That's for that episode. If you send anything past the deadline, it's going to go to the next episode. So, you know, what I'm saying right now. That's what you got to do. And like I said, the show's bi-weekly to really help out the artists. Um, in addition to, like, you know, make sure I don't go insane doing all these shows and stuff like that. It's a fair trade-off, okay? So I kind of want you all to know that. And plus, like, when people ask me about things like that, I kind of know who's not listening to the mini bites because of that. Because, you know, the mini bites get you set up for, like, the whole week. That's why I have that series. You know, if you want me to send you stuff in a newsletter, I'll do that too, but... Like, the mini bites are there for you for your news and help keep you active because I may have to discuss, like, big-time things here on the J-Man show. So there are reasons for these things, all right? But all in all, it's all Monster Fest. It's all good. I just want you guys to remember that. Keep it in the back of your head, of course. And as for, like, interviews and stuff, I don't mind doing Project Conference doing Monster Fest, okay? Thing is, though, like, you know, some people might not be too keen on the Halloween, but it is what it is, Okay. So, you know, just let me know about a few things. And if you see me wearing, like, actor's makeup and all that stuff, hey, I'm doing an event, baby. You're just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> you know? But all in all, though, guys, I am very excited for this time. This is, like, my favorite time of the year, you know, in addition to, like, all the mischief that we all do and everything. So build it bigger every time. Just like as I'm looking at Castles of the Living Dead right now. And, uh, man, these four unfortunate people are going to die. <laughs> but, you know, hey, some of them are really full of avarice and greed, and they kind of deserve it. But speaking of which, for our feature presentation tonight, as much as I like to dive into, like, the Nightmare Tales, you'll, you'll see that next week. But I would like to mention, like, be mindful, though. Because, see, people have reasons for why they engage a lot of these creatures and bumps in the nights and stuff like that. You know, you could be working third shift. You could be dealing with a whole lot of things because you went to the wrong neighborhood. And then there could be moments where you're chasing the money like this acting troupe is. Where, like, you know, stuff is about to get really, really dark for them. Because the Count of the Castle is played by none other than Christopher Lee. And whenever you see, like, Christopher Lee in these kind of movies... Or basically any movie where he's the villain, you about to get. <laughs> you about to get the business. You know what I'm saying? You either gonna go through it or you're gonna wish you were dead. And that's just all there is to it. And I I can see pretty much who the main hero is, and I can see pretty much who the main female is. And I, I'm wondering if that female will make it out alive, because sometimes, you know at hammer horror films. They usually become either entranced or they go to the dark side or they just find a way to make the plot even more dangerous than it is. I'm not saying that women are bad. I love them. But the thing about it is, in these kind of movies, it goes down because the villain wants her just as much as the hero does. Now, certain circumstances, though, about this is the one dude right here, I, I kind of wish for him to go because he's a jerk. The guy that actually owns the troop, like, you could tell, like, his, his act is running stale. But, you know, you can tell that he's kind of withholding money from the rest of his crew and stuff like that. He seems like he's a good dude in some respect, but not all the time. That guy's kind of a jerk. Matter of fact, that's why the one dude that was there who was his acting Harley Quinn, he ended up leaving after beating the hell out of the, the main guy and stuff like that. Whereas, like, the main hero of the story, you know, he comes in, he's like, oh, well, I want to join the acting troupe. But he really wants to be there for the girl. 
<laughs> it, yeah, I can see how all these scenarios play out because, you know, once you've seen one of these kind of movies, you start seeing the different scenarios. But if anything, they should have listened to the old hag that told them not to go to the castle. Like, I, I don't know what it is. Well, yeah, I do. Because, like, we do that to ourselves here in real life, don't we? Don't we ever... Do we ever listen to the elderly about things? Some of us do, but then quite a lot of us don't. You know what I mean? But if you really think about it, the ones that are kind of looking out for our well-being and saying, Don't go into that house. People will die. You could be the ones that go. All that stuff, you know? Like, we look at them like they're crazy, and they kind of are, but that's because them eyes have seen some shit. You know, kind of like when the aliens came around, hijacked certain people, or, like, invade certain towns and lived among them. Well, they were the ones that didn't get the full infiltration, so in a way they're pretty cognitive about the human aspect of things, but in other ways they know that the programming in them won't let them say too much. And they just struggling, and they can barely walk with a, barely walk with their legs. They usually have, like, a limp. I would listen to that person to a bit. You know what I'm saying? Before I get wrapped up in some crap that's overwhelming for me. It's kind of like the episode where, like, um, this, um, this group of monks actually had the devil trapped under lock and key. And the devil kept persuading, like, the main person. Who was a wanderer, by the way? It's usually somebody outside of the group coming in. And he was, like... Like the like the 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 main abbot of the monks told him not to be around the cage, not to look in the cage, not to listen to the cage or anything. And what exactly happened? The guy ignored all the rules, listened to the persuasive responses of the devil, and let the devil out to go and cause more evil amongst the world. But you see, as he told us this story, because it was told through to the Wanderer, because he was like, I need to atone for this. I need to capture the devil again. So he did capture the devil, right? But, you know, he bestowed that information to a housekeeper that worked at the end where he kept the devil locked up. So, once again, it's a foregone conclusion for this to happen. See what I'm saying? So it's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. And that's just the way it is. It's usually like that. You know, for those that survive, I mean, they go through it. How do you live out? Like, even if you're dealing with somebody like, well, let's make an example about like, um, Jigsaw or something. If you survive something like that, I I wonder how the mind process, because I mean, you go through like survivor's guilt, you go through like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I wonder how you go through the circumstances after having that giant um, contraption on your neck and all that crap. And, like, you have to saw off your arm and all. It's just, man, I might as well just die. (laughs) But then again, if you choose life, which is, like, the way of the game, that's how it goes. Oh, yeah, y'all thought I wasn't going to talk about that, didn't you? Well, like, here's the thing. A lot of people don't really discuss that stuff as much. But I'm going to use this for a representation right here. You know, like I said, the top three are the ones that I'm not looking at. But somebody like Jigsaw, yeah, I'm looking over there. But it's like this, Death Trap games and Death Trap kind of movies have been around for years. But we have to also think, like, where this stuff comes from, because you know what they say, um, fiction is always an imitation of real life with what goes on. Like, you know, there are real monsters out here that live among us doing this stuff. 
like um, quite a lot of those abduction stories that you hear about. And like you find that the the woman that was abducted, she was abducted with two other people, and they were living inside of a dungeon of sorts. Like you know, it's not even like a um, a, a basement area. Like somebody actually took the time to turn that into a dungeon to keep people in. You know, to like keep them in, torture them, make them pee in the side of the room, all that kind of stuff. And you're sitting there looking like, why the hell is this even a thing? And from time to time, there are people that always do like um, documentaries about these killers and the, these criminals. And they always say like, well, you see, he was from a strict religious upbringing. Or, you know, he was tortured and abused as a child. Or he was blah, blah, blah. First off, that's a narrow ass scope because for one thing, you make it seem like there's no female criminals out here. I love seeing when mainstream media does this uh, myopic shit. Another thing is, it's like, who cares if they went through some stuff? You, you, you're going to go through stuff as a, as a person anyway. It's a full-time job trying to be a decent person in this, especially in this scope of the social atmosphere. And you, you want to say, like, I got to feel bad and feel remorse for this jerk because this jerk went ahead and decided to say, I had enough and I'm going to do something about it one way or another. Go against the uh, gray areas of crime and all that stuff. Like, you look at it all the time. You see it, like, with stalkers, with people that want to be seen and heard to do, like, certain um, radical things because it draws attention. Or, like, people that want to be renowned for, you know, causing mischief and destruction wherever they go. Because some people want to see the world burn. There are people out here that probably came from... No. No, there are people out here that have come from good homes, good financial backgrounds, major players in like all sorts of um, machinations of sorts, and they still just wanted to go out and kill people. They wanted to do it. Like nobody would pin them on anything. They just wanted to do it. And some people say, well, when you notice him, you seem like a cool guy, approachable and everything. That's because he didn't snap his trap yet. You see? Or whomever it may be. There are women that do that stuff too. Like, you know how there's like men that seemingly are effeminate and all that stuff and they don't speak up for themselves and have no backbone? There's usually a woman that's the antithesis to that that's usually using them, beating them poorly, treating them like crap and all that stuff, saying, You are part of my whole sex zoo and sex slave and stuff. You're never escaping and all sorts of crap. Everything that that movie Misery was supposed to scare the hell out of you about. Oh, yeah, let, while we dive into misery, uh, yeah, the biggest fans of your, um, your, your following group. Now, if you're somebody that's big in social media, or if you're somebody that's like a content creator, influencer, giant asshole on the world, wh- whatever you want to be, because <laughs> there's lots of you out there. And you look at your fan base sometimes, like sometimes when you talk to your fans, direct to your fans and all that kind of stuff. Isn't there always one person out there that seems like they're a little overzealous about who you are and everything? Like, everything about you, they eat, sleep, and breathe you and stuff like that. Stan culture, if you will. I'm not trying to throw anything on my fans. I, 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 I know you exist, but I do know that there's that special group out there that is very obsessive. Like, to the point where if you wore, like, if you were underwear that displayed the days of the week, they would do what they can to try to get at least a pair of your a pair of your underwear and stuff like that. Because you know, they figure, hey, this is this is sacred. This could go to my shrine if they got like a wall of you or something like that. 
<laughs> Sad part about it is, yeah, there's people out there like that. Really obsessive of you. Thinking that they have a shot to date you and all that stuff. Thinking that they have a chance to be with you. And like, you know, in their little fantasy and stuff like that. You don't know what kind of fantasy world that is cultivating in somebody's mind. You know, and that's how scary it could be. And the thing about it is, like, the way laws are now, is now there's more laws out there than usual about cyberbullying and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, there's still lots of gray areas because sometimes what has been made into a law cannot really be enforced like it should be. And the wildest thing is, like, see, like, it, like everybody was talking about, what, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift? And everybody was all into that stuff. And, you know, I think people forget just how insane Taylor Swift fans are. This woman could do no wrong. And then not only that, when she gets caught up in some stuff, whomever is dating her has to deal with all of that nonsense. Has to deal with all of the evil that surrounds Taylor Swift. In addition to, like, you know, the crazy fans that think they have a shot with her. And then to the crazy fans that do not want to see her cry or anything else. Even if the woman had made like a significant number of hits based off of breakups. And even if they don't really get together, people will be like in that fantasy world that they should be together. You, you've ever met those people? Like when a star was, what, what was that one? It was called A Star Was Born. And then it turned out that, um, you know, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, because they were just acting they're not really a couple. They had chemistry and they're friends, but they're not really with each other. And people were just getting pissy about it and just getting all fed up. Like, they're the ones that could do something. Like, they built this relationship. And I was like, oh my god. Differentiate between what is real and what is fiction, will you? Like, yeah, you could have, like, the best chemistry, but... Chances are you're probably not going out with that person because you were with somebody else and all. And then there are people that just can't let certain things go. They got to hold on to them. Like any of them Kardashian relationships and stuff like that. If, if they fall apart, like, yeah, I'm going to take out Reggie Bush, man. I'm going to do something about it. Like you got all those people edge lording it up against somebody that they don't even know. For someone they don't even know. And that happens a lot too. Like there are people that will manipulate there, there are celebrities out there, or there will be people at the top of the social chain who manipulate followers like this to go do dirty work for them. That's in real life, too, where they'll go make up some sort of smear campaign, or they'll go and they'll try to be very, very convincing about, like, you know, any sort of derogatory thing to make their queen or king out there look good to the point where it's like, am, am I still your friend? Can, can, can I see you on the weekends? Can can I be there? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Just don't 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 pop up until I need you. Like there are people that manipulate and do stuff like that, and it, it becomes a web of lies. It becomes a whole bit of of nothing but disingenuous stuff, and then all all of a sudden, like they call it conspiracy. See what I'm saying? Like stuff like that happens, and it's it's sad too because I'm like. Most of the time, you ain't think about people like that. You mostly just want to be happy, be fulfilled, be successful. And if you're good in the whole idea of the social eye, you know, it takes like... It doesn't take much to get attention in the social eye, but when it comes to, like, respect and gratitude and all that kind of stuff, that seems to be something that goes along with it. And then there are people that are jealous of you 
when you're reaching those social highs and all that stuff, and they do what they can to turn into the J. Jonah Jamesons of the world where they're really obsessive about things, and they're jealous of you. See, almost everybody has the ability to broadcast. So whereas everybody has that ability to do that stuff, do they use it for the right reasons or the wrong reasons? And then you got those that are at the top of the social group who really are not running things in said social group, and they're going through abusive, weird, twisted stuff too. Like a whole den of lies, like any of them. I'm not going to mention any of their names and stuff like that, because you know why? Because I'm not going to give them, I'm not going to give them, like, pretty much um, free press. And then at the same time, I'm not going to go ahead and say, like, oh, well, I'm just telling your story, you know what I mean? And then they'll start copy striking and all that stuff, because that, that happens too. They tell you this stuff publicly, but they don't want you to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? It's very, very strange times we live in. But once again, what I'm saying is all of these kind of people and all of these mindsets and all of these demented way of doing things. And you think it's an ugly person. You think it's like a Nick Beard or something like that. Or you think it's like a real fat obese woman or something. But you'd be surprised. It could be a very petite, asymmetrical. Uh, <laughs> I can't speak tonight. But, you know... A woman with symmetry on her face and everything. It could be the most beautiful woman you've ever seen in your life. But that mindset in there is demented and, like, calls more crazy shit than, like, say, uh, Sharon Stone and Basic Instinct. Now, Basic Instinct is not a horror movie. It's a thriller. Erotic thriller. But it might as well be a damn horror movie. All that stuff that she did and that whole web right there, even infiltrating the police station... That is real to form. That is conspiracy right there. And then you know the the cop that she's dealing with, played by um, Michael Douglas, who could never stay out of trouble dealing with these crazy ass women back in the day. I lived through him, but you <laughs> did not. Know. He's a he's an inspiration. But all the stuff, like he had records of going above and beyond in his duties with the law. He was on like probation and all that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? And this woman right here happily, literally, fucked with him throughout all of the stuff going on. She was a sociopath. And I always say, like, be aware of the people that you deal with. Like, when I was dealing with, a long time ago, like, when I used to deal with Alan a lot more, well, I deal with him anyway, but he had friends too, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I tried to get along with him, but some of them motherfuckers need to be on a, they need to be on a bus, sent to a prison i was looking at some of this stuff and i was like oh my god i cannot stand any of them you know what i'm saying and i'm like wow this is really really scary and i did not want any of them people near me so i did what i usually do i became an enemy see what i'm saying like like if i notice something is not right about somebody and you can tell because of the vibe and you can tell because of the way people speak from time to time like even dealing with certain people in the jam fam they were great musicians. You know what I'm saying? Like some of the one and dones I knew, they were great musicians. But when it came to personalities and being people, much like how Christopher Lee in this movie, they were gone. Eyes open, saying some random stuff, but knowing full well that whatever I say to them, they'll probably end up using it against me and stuff. Or try to go ahead and be so obsessive about the work that they're not going to subscribe, but they're going to sit right there and they're going to commentate and they're going to follow things or do whatever sort of derogatory, nasty thing you could think of. But much like Black Panther, I always say let them come because I'm not scared. 
I say what I need to say. If you can't handle me and stuff like that, I'm tired of paying bills anyway. Let's meet in the yard one way or another. I'm going to win that stuff because I'm going to stomp you inwards. It is what it is, folks. Like I said, backing up your talk and being honest about that stuff because you know what you live in, you know. Like I said, when I make these when I make these shows, I know that people are going to be watching. I know that people are going to be listening. And I know that nine times out of ten, it could draw a lot of attention to certain people that are not about living a good life and all that kind of stuff. You don't control the public, all right? The public is everywhere. So which is why, like, when some of you guys are out here oversharing and the TikTok views are looking good, you know what I mean? You don't know all those people that watch that stuff. You might know about at least four or five of them, but when you start hitting those high markings, you know, all that other stuff coming in, it could be one of your stalkers. It could be somebody, like, looking at you and saying, like, hmm, I wonder if I can manipulate or somehow get involved in the social circle here. And then, you know what I mean? I can control it. And then while I'm at it, she'd probably date me if I'd be as charming as it need to be. And then guess what? I'll go ahead and move her away from her family and her friends and stuff. Got to get rid of some of these people around here because they could ruin my place in the whole thing. Wait, why she like that other dude's photo instead of liking my photo? Things like that. Hmm, well, I'm going to do something about this then. Get all involved in the middle of things and stuff, wrecking. There are people out here that do that stuff. It's unbelievable. And you would think with the time and energy people put into these things, they could become successful on their own. They could meet somebody that really, really wants to work with them. They, they, they could meet better people and be a better person, but that's not the name of the game. This is about control. This is about, like, you know, trying to be as, you know, as sadistic as possible. That's what it seems to be. Like, it ain't about love. Because, like, if you really love somebody, you wouldn't control them. You know what I mean? You let them know ahead of time of how things work and stuff. And, like, to respect your space and you respect their space. And then come together as a unit and be there for one another. But there are people out there that don't see that stuff. They will go ahead about all the fun stuff, but they ain't going about all the hard work. And then the thing about it is, say you got this person on your side, and chances are you get bored of them. Then you go ahead and look at somebody else that you can't easily get with or something like that. This is why the chase is a lot more attractive instead of having and maintaining. See what I'm saying? Like, usually it's sit right there and be like, oh, what are you doing out of your cage? You need to go back to your cage. I'm not worried about you. Don't worry about it. This ain't no romantic situation. Go back to your cage, all right? Go back to where you need to be at, okay? Well, why don't you go to work then, all right? Hey, don't worry about what the hell I'm doing. I got it under control. See what I'm saying? There are people that are like that. Abusive, manipulative, controlling, trying to take charge of something they should not be taking charge of. And you'll notice these red flags. Or the one person that follows you everywhere. Or the one person that you did not invite to the party got to the party because one of your friends doesn't know the situation so they invited that person in. And they end up going over there because they can manage to get a lot of attention. And as soon as they got what they want, it's like hooking up it's like hooking up an instrument to an amp. It's all over the place. And then they go ahead and they start saying all the little details and stuff like that. You know little details, the details that you said. Like, that's why not everybody's your friend, even if they're nice. I think people give, you know, I think people twist and turn the ideas of good and nice. See, here's the thing. When I do my show, yeah, that's 100% me. 
When I speak my peace, at my core, I'm not evil. I'm good. But I'm not nice. You don't see me going out of my way to say, oh, I'm nice. I'm a nice guy. You should date me. I'm a nice guy. I've just always been like a nice guy. Watch me stab you in the back. Not saying that I would. I would not. But the thing about it is, is that guess what? That's where that stuff on Reddit come from. That nice guys, nice girls crap, you know? Like, with a nice girl... They, they'll they tell you all this big stuff about themselves, but if you're just not interested, you're just not interested. Like I said before about that girl from the Philadelphia Eagles group. I just wasn't interested. And, you know, it was amicable. She did not get mad about it. But the thing is, some of these other people, they come out here and they tell you that, you never had somebody like me, blah, blah, blah. Try to make you feel bad about your choices. It's a choice. If you don't want to be with somebody, you don't want to be with somebody. It's simple as that. And then to make matters worse, it's not only that you're dealing with it from this asshole you don't even know, but the people that you do know, like, say, like, if you got aloof older brothers and all that kind of stuff, and they look at you like, hey, man, you should have went for that. I mean, like, at the end of the day, that that person could have been dope. Then you date her. That's what I would say. You see what I'm saying? Because the thing about it is, like, if you don't know this person, this person could manipulate and ruin things. It's a risk. And people forget, like, you know, everything is a hustle and a risk, believe it or not. Like, that thing that you probably want to buy, or that career you want to set off on, or once again, like, maybe going back to school for your master's degree, things like that. It's a risk. Financial risk, whatever it could be. And people are doing whatever they can to try to not be involved in risk. You know, you do need to go and meet people. And you never know who you're going to meet. Like, even the ones that have probably been your lifelong friends, you don't 100% know them. I mean, like, you know, at the end of the day, somebody could be selling drugs or somebody could be... And I'm not talking weed. We, <laughs> I'm not talking that. Which, by the way, they're trying to bring that argument up again along with vaping. But, you know, once again, I think people don't really do their research like anything. And if they do, they probably cherry pick it. But once again, like I said, you don't know what ulterior motives that people do. And stuff like that. Now, if they're comfortable about telling you those things, take note and don't be narking. Because they're always going to be looking at you a certain way. Because, once again, how do you maintain control in something like that? That's what this is. You see what I'm saying? And then, above and beyond um, other things, sometimes people are just random. You think they're your friend, but they're probably not. That's why whenever I look at like certain... Um, well, not certain. That's why whenever I deal with a lot of women that I know in real life and a lot of women that I deal with and doing business with, not always jam fam that much because, well, they're my friends and I respect them, but I'm always like, yo, that one dude over there, you might want to check him. Like I said, I, I'm not going to get involved in your business and stuff like that, but, and I know that you're pretty standoffish to me. But I'm not going to fuck your life up as much as that particular person is going to. That person probably sat there, broke bread with you, drunk wine with you, seen you at your up and your and your downs and all that stuff. And will know how to betray your ass. That's a monster among us. And um, just like, uh, like I don't want to bring her up all the time. And I'm mostly doing it because I'm telling you um, stories. You see what I'm saying? But yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it this time. I have moved on and I am looking. But the other thing about it is, it's like, 
I was really happy with that. And you see, like, the thing is, when I, when dealing with her, I've seen, like, her male friends and stuff like that. I've seen, like, her male fans and all that. Like, I never thought about, like, getting her away from and all that kind of stuff. Because I was the guy, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> when you're the man, you're, you, you, you know, you know what I mean? But when you see, like, certain people that are overzealous and all that kind of stuff, or the one person that would probably do a lot of the screwing up and all that kind of stuff, like mess everything up, not give you good press about who you are and all that stuff, you'll notice. You'll meet that person that does not like you. All the time. I met every single one of mine. In my dating life, oh yeah. In my friendship life, yes. Definitely. You'll meet that one person that doesn't hold you in high regard. And the best thing you can do about it is face them. Now, if you get scared about it, like, I I don't know how you guys would go about getting scared of it. See, I had no choice but to be brave. But it might be different for a lot of y'all. But that's the one person that'll fuck your life up a lot more than, like, say, like, if you just met somebody randomly and stuff like that. Because that lifelong friend of yours knows what you're going through, knows what you're seeing, knows that you're trying to build something or you're trying to prepare. And that one person is not doing a damn thing for you other than seeing you go down. And if you if you see like some of your friends out there that are happily sipping wine and watching you burn in flames and stuff like that, which I'm sure a lot of you have, that's evil too. That's not your friends. That's an enabler. That's somebody that was waiting for this to happen so that they feel like they're, you know, they're important in your life. Terrible, isn't it? But hey, how does human nature work? You see what I'm saying? But once again, that's me talking about the talk in town. The Monster Fest is supposed to be a a big event. And it is, it is. But I wanted to let you know about real life monsters. I wanted to let you know about real life issues. And like, you know, sometimes it usually comes down to like matters of the heart. How much money somebody's making. And you know what? Somebody being jealous of somebody else. It's usually how it goes down. Okay. So that's why I sometimes don't brag all the time. And at the end of the day, like, you know, really look and see what you're dealing with. And um, be forearmed. Pay attention to red flags. And if those flags are waving, ship them off. I don't care how long you knew them. There are people I will never be friends with. I will never associate with ever again. Even to say hi to them. Just going to keep on moving. But all in all, though, I just wanted to let you guys know that kind of stuff. Um, for a happier note, though, let's let, let's put some put some light in on this. Some light. Jams is happening tomorrow at ten, so we have a big party happening, and we're gonna sit back there and enjoy the stuff. Nightmare Tales will be happening next week, okay? So you guys come on back, and you know, take care of yourselves, and don't worry, <laughs> it won't get that dangerous. I don't think. I don't know that. But anyway, you guys take care of yourselves, and we will get on out of here. This is J-Man signing off. Peace.
Monster Fest. <laughs>